In this episode of the Fresh Approach Podcast, we're talking about collecting evidence from your life and how you can use that evidence to solve your future problems before they even happen. And how to improve your hydration practice. Seriously, water can be such a challenge area for so many people. And you'll meet Stephanie and find out how her firm commitment to sticking with her new exercise plan, no matter what, may not be the best decision for her right now. So let's get started. You are listening to the Fresh Approach Podcast, where we focus on tools, skills, and strategies to live your healthiest and happiest life. What began as a fresh way to live your best life with weight loss surgery is open to everyone who wants to cultivate healthy practices to live their very best life. I'm Mary Clark, your host, mentor, encourager, and coach. You can learn more about me at the end of this episode, but for right now, let's get started. You may have heard me talk before about collecting evidence, and very often I talk about it in respect to when clients are struggling to find the proof that they have what it takes to achieve their goals. When they're having real challenges and following through with their action steps toward their goals, they can slip into, I don't have what it takes. I've never been able to stick with anything. I'm not good at following through with a plan. And sometimes it can get a lot worse. I can't do anything right. I'm such a loser. I'm such a failure. I ask them to take a look back at other areas in their lives when they have been successful with following through with a plan and they did achieve their goal in school, in their careers, with their families, friends, in their communities, in their volunteering. And there's always something, usually way more than one something. And it provides that evidence that they do have what it takes. Then we use those achievements as a powerful reminder that ultimately they have the proof. This gives them the confidence they need to take the next courageous step for their current quest. And I bet the same is true for you. But today we're talking about collecting a different kind of evidence or using evidence in a different way. But still, it's critical and super helpful in creating plans that support you on the path of your best life. Today's story comes from my own life. If you invited me on an all-day hike, I'd probably spend at least a week planning and getting things together to make sure I had every conceivable thing I'd need for that hike. I'd have plenty of water, protein bars and nuts, extra socks, and I'd make sure I was wearing comfortable clothing and my best walking shoes. I feel like that's been me for a while. I've been a mom my entire adult life, so I've pretty much always been that have everything you need with you just in case, don't leave yourself unprepared kind of person. So then why the heck did I do the complete opposite of that on this particular trip to Disneyland? I was with two of my kids, Adrian and Grace, and my granddaughter, Sadie. I guess I could make excuses for my super unusual lack of planning. I don't know what those would be, but here are the facts of what happened. I wore sandals without any support or like padding. They're completely flat, really cute, but totally flat. I took my Brita bottle, but filled it up only once. So two Brita bottles. And I shared the second one with the kids. I didn't take protein bars or nuts. I had only a couple bites of my son's turkey leg and some of my granddaughter's favorite sourdough bread. I had an iced coffee from Starbucks. They didn't have almond milk. So I added whole milk, even though I don't drink regular milk anymore. And when my granddaughter got so tired, 
I was the first one to grab her into my arms and carry her around while we were waiting in line for Pirates of the Caribbean and all the way down Main Street. What was I thinking? I mean, really, where was my mind? I have no idea what I was thinking, really, or why I wasn't thinking. And I'm going to share this pic from my health tracker in the Fresh Approach Facebook group, which shows the 16,622 steps that I walked that day. By the time I got home, I really felt the impact of all those weird choices. It almost felt like I had the flu. When I went to bed that night, I realized why I was feeling so bad. More than seven miles in sandals, less than 32 ounces of water in eight hours while walking seven miles, very little food, carrying my granddaughter a lot, drinking milk when I should have known what the results would be, which was extra time in the bathroom, which probably dehydrated me more. I woke up the next morning feeling like I'd been hit by a truck. It took every ounce of energy to walk downstairs and fill up my water bottle. That day, I rehydrated more than 200 ounces of water, big difference from the day before. I ate the healthiest things I could get my hands on. They were already in the house because I didn't have the energy to go to the store And by late evening, I had just about come out of my what the heck did I just do fog. All right, now, here's the important part or the first part of two important parts. I can certainly learn from this experience. Clarity matters in every situation. The alternatives to my choices were pretty simple and straightforward. Number one, wear walking shoes. Eight hours at Disneyland means I shouldn't wear sandals, even though they're really cute, that don't have any support. Number two, pack protein bars and snacks. Or if I forget, take the time to get food, sit down and eat, even if I don't feel hungry. Three, use the timer on my phone to remind me to fill up my water bottle and drink, even if I don't feel thirsty. I mean, I know this. Number four, realize I didn't have to carry my granddaughter around since my son was there. And he did offer to be fair to him, but apparently I was feeling like Wonder Grandma or something. And part two of the two important things to get out of this, I can choose to see this experience as really useful evidence. Because in my prior life, my prior way of thinking, I could have gone down the road of, What the hell were you thinking, Mary? Why would you do that to yourself? What's wrong with you? Just beating myself up, right? Or worse, you're such an idiot. You're so stupid. I mean, it hurts me and puzzles me even to think that I would have ever said these things to myself. I almost can't remember doing it, but I know I did. I've talked about it before. I know I did it. And thank God it's been a long time since I've talked to myself like that. So I can use this experience as evidence for the practical, because I never really found a reason for why I didn't adjust or pivot in the moment that day at Disneyland. There wasn't anything else really serious I can remember going on in my life that had my attention. Everything was going pretty well. But sometimes, you know what? This happens. Sometimes we're human. And my job, your job, our job is to learn everything we can from it, collect all the evidence from it, without beating ourselves up about it. And what do you do with all this evidence as you collect it? You use it. You get clear on what happened and how you could have made better choices, how you could have planned better without beating yourself up 
and you store that information so the next time that clarity you have from that experience is brought into your next life experience. It bolsters your confidence. Hey, I've been here before. I know what to do. This is why I teach my clients the practice of reflect and assess. You can learn from each day of your life. There's evidence from your life every day that you can use practical evidence. And I'll say, I don't think I've had such an unprepared, felt like I got hit by a truck, knocked me out with a feather experience since that one, which was three years ago. Now, I'm not saying I always have everything I wish I had when I'm out or that I never make weird choices. But again, the point is I can learn from it. You collect the evidence, you review it, you get clear on it, and you use what you learned for your next adventure in life, your next human experience. And each time your life experiences, they get better. You have less, what the heck was I thinking moments. The clarity gives you more confidence in yourself and your abilities to take your next courageous step in taking the best care of yourself. No part of your experience is wasted. Everything you've experienced so far is part of what you were meant to learn. Martha Beck, who also happens to be my brilliant life coach teacher. All right, let's talk hydration, which is one of those, how hard can it be to follow through on this essential healthy living practice? But it really is challenging for a lot of people. I can't remember when I haven't been a water drinker. Lots and lots of water. So even when I had weight loss surgery, drinking water, because it was so important after surgery, wasn't a problem for me because it had already been a solid practice. But in meeting more people and talking with more people about the essential healthy living practices, water is a struggle for a lot of people. So the goal again is to get clear on your current hydration practice and where you want to be with it and then decide what steps will get you there. Some of the things we highlight in the Fresh Approach Facebook group are finding out how you like to drink your water. I mean, seriously, begin with temperature. If you like your water really cold, is storing bottles of water in your drawer at your desk, thinking somehow you'll get yourself to drink room temperature water, is that the best plan? It may not be, right? How can you have ice cold water at the ready while you're at work? Or if you don't like the taste of water, why are you forcing yourself to drink it plain? How about trying different recipes for fruit-infused water? You know how important it is to stay well hydrated, so get clear on what your hydration goal is and what steps you can take to get yourself there and get going. So today you're meeting Stephanie, who was feeling really good about her new fitness plan because she was two weeks in and hadn't missed one planned workout. Way to go, Stephanie, right? Ah, the power of why. Anyway, then she got sick. A lot of that's been going around. She's not my only client who's been sick recently. And even a few weeks ago, I was pretty sick. And I had to practice what I preach. Seriously allowing for re-entry time and heaps of self-compassion. So Stephanie was down for the count for four days. You know, the kind of, I can barely walk to the bathroom kind of sick. I know it because that's what I had. Anyway, She didn't work out during those four days. And I was talking with her at the end of her fourth day. She was still in bed when she told me she'd be up at five o'clock the next morning for her workout. I'm like, wow, you're working out tomorrow morning, but 
Stephanie, you're still in bed right now. You're still recovering. Well, I'm back to my regular routine tomorrow. I'm going back to work. I've already missed too many workouts. I was on a roll for two weeks. I can't skip tomorrow. This is all part of my plan. I can't stop now. Seriously, her voice sort of like escalated as she's saying this to me. So I said, you know, Stephanie, let's slow down and unpack this thing. What are you making this mean? If you don't work out tomorrow, a day you had planned to work out, but you're doing the rest of your plan, what are you making that mean if you don't work out? We began with clarity. We got clear on what she was making it mean if she didn't exercise at five o'clock the next morning. She finally got to, it feels like I'm one step closer to failing again. I can get how she was feeling this way. Can you relate? You know, you're on a roll and you feel like if one thing gets in the way, it'll stop you and you don't want to hit that wall again or feel that way because we feel like it's happened too many times before and we're scared. So I asked Stephanie, remind me again why you decided to start a fitness plan. So Stephanie has lots of reasons, but ultimately it came down to her wanting to become healthier, enjoying fitness as part of her daily living. So with her good health and her blood pressure under control with no medication, less stress on her joints, moving with more ease, feeling confident in her body so that she could be at her best as a nurse, a daughter, a mother, a wife, and grandmother. I asked Stephanie to think about what it might feel like waking up at 5 a.m. tomorrow for 45 minutes on the treadmill. Waking up at 5 feels stressful. I think it's going to be hard. I'll need coffee as soon as I wake up. I don't know if I can do 45 minutes. I'm so tired. I told Stephanie that I could feel and hear that energy as she was trying to explain to me what it would feel like waking up tomorrow morning at 5 for her exercise. Then I asked her to tell me how waking up at 5 a.m. for the past two weeks before she got sick had felt. She said, I was excited. It wasn't easy, but I wasn't dreading it. I was kind of energized by it. I loved what I was doing for myself. Right there, Stephanie, right there. That's it. Your goal is health and being the best version of yourself you can be in all the areas that are important to you. But fitness isn't the only thing you're doing to get yourself there, right? So of course, Stephanie is working on cultivating healthy practices with all the essential healthy living guidelines, including sleep and rest. So Stephanie, in this moment, considering the past four days of being sick in bed, considering that all the essential healthy living practices play a part in you recovering and you getting better, Tomorrow morning at 5 a.m., what else could you do to take the best care of yourself besides exercise? She didn't have the answer right away. She actually hemmed and hawed a little bit. We talked a little through it. And finally, she said, um, I guess I could sleep. Yeah, Stephanie. And with that extra hour of sleep, are you still taking steps to take the best care of yourself? And she said, yeah, I guess I am. My friend, what I encourage you to do is to get clear on what your best move is in each moment. How can you take the best care of yourself considering the circumstances, knowing there is always something you can do? 
always. It's clarity, my friend. Collect the evidence each day by reflecting and assessing. It gives you more confidence that you can do this. You can take the best care of yourself. And by doing this, you fuel your courage for all those future bumps in the road of life. You know we're coming and you actually can make your way through them with your physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual health, not just intact, but thriving. All right, and now for a little more about me. Hey, I began this episode by telling you about my day at Disneyland. So with that particular trip as an exception, I have spent so many amazing days at Disneyland and also sometimes when I just would go for a few hours here and there. We were annual pass holders for more than 10 years, which allows you to just pop in for a few hours. I didn't even need to go on rides. I would just walk around, enjoying the sights, taking in all the happiness. So while I don't call myself a Disney fanatic, I am definitely somebody who loves Disneyland, Disney movies, my favorite princess is Belle, and some of my best memories with my kids and grandkids all happened at Disneyland. And I'm smiling just talking about Disneyland. All right, if you're not in the Fresh Approach Facebook group, you can visit episode notes for a link to join. Please know I check in with members to see how they're doing. So yes, I may tag you. So if you're okay with that and with being part of my email community, please click the link and join us. Oh, there's another link, a video I made with what I talked about in episode number 44, Resilience. And you can check out the link for that video in episode notes too. Remember, there is always something you can do to take the best care of yourself in each moment. You can make that choice. So get clear on what that is and get going. All right, love, light, and grace to you.